welcome back to another episode of Intermittent Fasting in Midlife, hosted by me, Heike Yates, founder of Pursue Your Spark. Today, we've got a super exciting topic that's been buzzing in my community lately, and that is how intermittent fasting can positively impact your sleep. If you're tossing and turning at night or waking up not feeling fully refreshed, you will not want to miss this episode. We're diving into the science behind it and sharing practical strategies for improving your sleep through fasting. We also talk about how your eating habits, specifically large meals and late night snacking can significantly impact your sleep cycle. We'll also cover that sleep counts as fasting. Yes, it does. A natural phenomenon that our bodies go through every night. And science has shown that intermittent fasting can help synchronize our circadian rhythm, making it easier to fall asleep and wake up feeling refreshed. Let's dive into our feature content. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with over 35 years of experience. I'm on a mission to empower women over 50 to reclaim their health, strength, and vibrancy and step into the best version of themselves during this extraordinary phase of life. You're joining an incredible global community of women who have decided to stop dimming their light and ignite their inner spark instead. I'm thrilled to have you with us. On this podcast, I break down complex fitness, nutrition, and mindset concepts into easy, achievable steps that you can incorporate into your life today. No matter where you are, it's never too late to start. I sit down with some truly amazing people who've gone from tough times to great heights and experts who share tips to tackle your challenges. You'll feel supported knowing you're not alone in your journey. It's like having a personal support team in your corner. Together, we're going to change the conversation around aging, break down barriers, and reveal the true power of being over 50. So let's challenge the norms, take action, and say, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I know you can relate to the following scenario of today's podcast episode. Hey, I'm Heike Yates and welcome. So picture this. Everything is set for good night's sleep. Tonight is going to be one of those nights where you really sleep well. So you cuddle with your blanket, you get super comfortable and almost instantly fall asleep. Somewhere in the middle of the night, your eyes pop wide open and you are wide awake. You may have to go to the bathroom, but you promise yourself that you fall asleep right away. Big pinky swear. Then you wonder, why am I not sleeping well? Did I eat too late? Was my meal too big? Had it anything to do at all with my eating habits? But how you eat and how and when you fast totally impacts the sleep more than you realize. And this is our topic for today and how intermittent fasting can improve your sleep quality. I know 
you can relate to that not sleeping business at night. Because since we started menopause, even perimenopause, it's oftentimes really hard to get a good night's sleep. We're dealing with the night sweats or just being restless in the middle of the night for no apparent reason. And my husband says, well, stop thinking about stressy stuff. And I'm going, well, I'm not. I just can't sleep. I woke up and I'm wide awake at three in the morning and then I'm literally counting down to 10 over and over. I'm twiddling my thumbs and I need to change position and I'm planning my day because what else are you going to do at three in the morning? I know that many of you feel that same way. And when I started intermittent fasting, I found that my sleep quality improved. Of course, everybody is different, but when I looked at intermittent fasting and menopause and the connection, and then the connection to sleep, I found that I, my quality of sleep was higher since I changed my diet around to a higher protein and non-processed carbohydrates, so mainly vegetables, instead of bread or um definitely not cookies. So something that is also lower in sugar. And that has made a big change in my sleeping health and also sleeping pattern. Do I still wake up sometimes and twiddle my thumbs? Of course I do. And there is no magic bullet to make us sleep really well, but I want to explore today the connection between intermittent fasting and how it can improve your sleep quality. So let's first talk about the benefits of intermittent fasting because they really tie in closely with how we sleep. So intermittent fasting is very popular right now and the benefits of intermittent fasting, we also call it now time-restricted feeding. So that's a term that recently in the last year or so started changing it to time-restricted feeding. So if you hear time-restricted feeding, it is intermittent fasting. So the benefits of intermittent fasting go from weight loss, weight loss improving your health, uh, promoting body fat loss, super important for us women uh, that are in menopause. It, intermittent fasting simplifies meals, it does boost energy and reduces inflammation in the gut lining. And when you're thinking of, okay, menopause, estrogen levels decrease, we're oftentimes dealing with digestive issues, with bloating, and not being able to digest certain foods. Now, studies also have shown that intermittent fasting helps with cellular repair. And that is where the healing of the gut lining comes in. But interesting fact is, that also happens when we sleep. And that's what we're interested in today, that our gut is healing, we're sleeping better, less disturbed sleeping and better sleep health. But let me tell you too that intermittent fasting is not for everybody. We think, okay, anybody can fast, but that is not true. Pregnant women, children, or those that are at risk with hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. These people, I believe, should not fast to begin with, but you definitely, if you're planning on fasting, I would love you to consult your doctor first. And 
just in general, if you want to start fasting and you have other health risks that I haven't mentioned today, please check with your doctor first and see if it's right for you. Now, what eating habits could disturb our sleep? I have three that I oftentimes come across in my groups and courses that I teach. Number one is eating a large meal can prevent you from going to sleep. That means you stay awake for a long time because your tummy is busy digesting the food you ate. Also with a large meal, it affects how well we sleep and how much REM or deep sleep you get. It is interesting with the foods that we eat, how that all ties together because now your body is forced to digest and it's really busy down there doing its thing, zipping around with enzymes, as I like to call, and you're trying to go to sleep at the same time. So this is not a good scenario. And number two would be eating too close to bedtime. And I, or we, my husband and I, we usually eat around seven o'clock. That's our sweet spot because then we go to bed at 10 and our body had time to absorb all the nutrients, digest and put it wherever it's going to the liver or other spots in your uh, system. But you already know, you've heard it for years. Technically, you should wait for three hours after a high carbohydrate meal. So think about it in the form of a big bowl of pasta with tomato sauce. So three hours is the recommended digestive time, let's call it that way, until you go to sleep. So like my like I said, we're eating dinner at 7 and then we go to bed at 10 and your body is done with the big work. And now it's time for you to go to sleep and focus on your sleep. Number three would be late night snacking for people that just have to have something after dinner that say, oh, I ate at seven and I'm not going to bed till midnight or one in the morning at 10 o'clock. Maybe your sweet spot for the snack. And this greatly disrupts your sleep pattern and your digestive pattern. So again, instead of your body resting and your gut healing, it is now digesting. And again, this pattern disrupts your sleep. Now, one of the things is when we're starting out with intermittent fasting, we recommend that you start out that you fast when you sleep. So you eat your dinner at seven, you uh, go to sleep at 10, and then you sleep till, let's say, eight in the morning. Yes, it counts as fasting. And this is one of the easiest ways for beginners to start fasting because you just sleep and your body naturally fasts because you sleep. So you're not waking up at night saying, oh, I need to have a bag of chips or a bar of chocolate. You're just sleeping. So take advantage of your internal clock and align your fasting with it. So if you are a late nights person, eat a little later and shift your fasting windows to fit your lifestyle. Now, there's some great science about fasting and sleep out there. And some studies show that restricting eating to eight or two hour, uh, two, eight to 12 hour windows 
can help us maintain a healthy body weight, very important, and avoid high blood sugar. When our blood insulin levels spike, we feel those cravings. Talk about the sugar cravings. I have a sugar craving. So if you fast, you reduce the spike in insulin levels, but also you create insulin resistance. And somebody with diabetes, regardless of the nutrient breakdown of the food we eat in those windows, will benefit from fasting. But again, uh, if you're diabetic, you want to put your windows so your uh, sugar levels stay stable. Now, intermittent fasting has also been found to strengthen your 24-hour circadian clocks, your internal clock, which is one of them, which is dominating your sleep. So if you're outside that, that circadian uh, rhythm, you'll have a really hard time uh, com combining food with sleep. So if your circadian clock is more synchronized, it is easier to fall asleep and staying asleep. And that way you feel so much more refreshed, refreshed on a regular basis. So you get up and you just feel great. And so all of this contributes to a healthy sleep and that affects all the entire system of your body. And, you know, as we age, we want to feel and function at our best and not get up in the morning. And again, I know you can relate, feel like a truck has hit you because you were not able to sleep or were not able to sleep deeply. And a combination of consistently good sleep helps us to protect our health over time. So imagine that you are never really sleeping. It will make you more susceptible to all kinds of diseases, uh, more prone to injury. So it's a slew of things that it is important we do get really good sleep. And when you look at sleep, I know it's sometimes tough to come by, but we, it can be done. So when you say, Heike, what is a circadian rhythm? That sounds like a big fancy wor word, right? The natural cycle of physical, mental, and behavior changes that the body goes through a 24-hour cycle. This is what's called the circadian rhythm. So a natural cycle of physical, mental, and behavior changes that the body goes through in a 24-hour cycle. And this cycle is mostly affected by light and darkness. So some people that I know can only sleep in rooms that are completely blacked out with blackout blinds and at a really low uh, room temperature at 68, which is way too cold for me. Um, and this rhythm is controlled by a small area in the middle of the brain. So the brain is picking up what's going on here. So an example of that would be uh, a sleep-wake cycle where you wake up, go to sleep at normal hours, at like you go to bed at 10, you wake up at eight and you feel rested. Or the menstrual cycle is a very good example as well, that you're menstruating at certain times, but you're not at others. And so this is a circadian rhythm example that you might be able to relate to. So let's talk about what happens to your sleep 
when you fast regularly? Well, like with anything else, if you practice something over and over, your body adapts to the new schedule and so does your circadian rhythm. It becomes more pronounced, so it adapts to it in a very good way. As we talked about earlier, is uh, intermittent fasting causes insulin levels to drop and the melatonin levels to rise. So think of it as your turkey dinner. This is where um, after your turkey meal on Thanksgiving, you feel really tired because we ate all this turkey. And melatonin is in turkey. And melatonin is also comes out of the bottle. Some people take it to help them sleep. Um, I've tried it and I found that melatonin out of the bottle does not do anything for me, but everybody is different. So I'd rather rely on something that's more natural for my body, meaning that I'm focusing on what I eat and my sleep pattern. So melatonin is your body's primary sleep promoting hormone, and it can help you fall asleep and stay asleep longer. Now, with intermittent fasting, it also promotes the human growth hormone. And this is one of the body's most important resources for repair while sleeping. So a lot goes into sleeping well, making sure you sleep well, practice sleep hygiene, practice healthy eating habits, set your intermittent fasting rhythm to your circadian rhythm to help you promote better sleep quality. So on to the three strategies that help you improve your sleep while fasting. And number one is what I always say, always whatever we do here at Pursue Your Spark is listen to your body. Everybody is different and our bodies react very differently in all aspects of life. The, when you exercise, the one person uh, gets sore from an exercise, the other person doesn't. One person is a natural runner, the other one isn't. Somebody builds muscles really quickly, somebody else doesn't. So we always have to tune in with our body. And that also means we have different fasting cycles and eating plans that fit our lifestyle. And intermittent fasting after sundown means lights out may help you sleep better while other fasting windows, for instance, a water fast or a 12 hour fast may not, which is a very different beast as I like to call it, because we're talking about much more advanced fasting strategies. And this is not what we're focusing on today. We're focusing on time restricted feeding. So sundown lights out is where we find better sleep. And just like anything else, sleep is just that individual. So I can't give you a blueprint of saying, all right, if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you close your eyes, your blinds are down, you will be able to sleep. If you're a night owl, you won't. I love to get up early in the morning. So 10 o'clock is usually my bedtime and I'm totally okay with this. So you need to tweak your bedtimes and also the wake up times that you find the optimal sleep window for you, for yourself. And based on what you experience, 
you can fine tune your eating and your fasting routine based on the information that you collect. And in the four week lean out program, we have an accountability journal, which helps you stay on track and find out what fasting windows and approaches work best for you. So each week, we're exploring a new intermittent fasting strategy and you choose that week. You go through and say, yeah, this is a better fasting strategy for intermittent fasting for my lifestyle or it is not. And in the journal, you write down everything that goes on from your sleep to your eating habits, to your water drinking. And I'll leave a link for you in the show notes so you can take a look at the four-week lean-out program and see if it's right for you. And I just mentioned it, and that's number two, is staying hydrated. Now, I'm not talking about powering down 10, 12 cups of coffee during the day or sodas. So we're talking about plenty of hydration from waters, bubble waters, um, just non-sugary drinks or broth. That's the word I was looking for. Broth, chicken or vegetable broth are great hydration strategies as well. So you need to drink a lot during the day because you may get hungry when you're fasting and especially when you start out, you will be hungry at times where you're thinking, oh, I should be eating. I, I know I'm hungry. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of hydrating and not a matter of eating. Because the cool thing is that not only curbs hydration, our hunger, it also assists in mental focus and clarity energy levels, and you guessed right, it promotes better sleep. So one thing to consider is when you're thinking, okay, if I drink a lot, I got to pee a lot. Okay, I get this. But listen to this. Even when you're mildly dehydrated, you can get restless sleep because of a dehydrated mouth and nasal passages. Have you woken up at night to find out like you're completely parched and you're just like smacking the lips together, trying to get some, some salvation in your, in your mouth and make it a little bit more fluid or leg cramps, very common at our age when we're not properly dehydrated, when you're not properly hydrated, you are dehydrated. So the solution is not to guzzle down an entire bottle of water just before you go, go to bed. That's definitely sets you up for those nighttime trips to the bathroom. And this will disrupt your sleep. So instead, here's my super duper tip. Instead, make sure that you stay hydrated properly during the day. And what does it mean? You drink at least 11 to 15 glasses of water. So if you get a glass out or a, a coffee cup, because usually if you see me live in any video, I always have a coffee cup next to, or actually a teacup because I don't drink coffee, um, next to my computer and I'll keep refilling it with herbal teas, which is another way to hi hydrate really well. So stay away from uh, caffeinated drinks because they're really tough 
on your gut lining. And we don't need more aggravation with our gut. So yeah, herbal tea. But experiment with what works for you. I would just recommend don't drink too close to bedtime. And I ideally, I stop about an hour before I go to sleep and I don't drink anything because I've learned that it's not good and I keep going to the bathroom several times and that disrupts my sleep. And number three is track your meals. And as I said earlier about the turkey and the melatonin, you want to find out what meals, especially before dinner, have a certain impact on how you sleep. Now, I don't uh, suggest that you eat turkey every night before dinner or as a dinner, um, vary, vary your diet, but write down, like today I ate um, salmon with steamed vegetables and maybe a little baguette on the side and I had two glasses of wine. That would be your dinner. Write down how you slept after that dinner. Did you wake up a lot? Did you, uh, were you restless? Did you wake up early? So think about these, these strategy that you definitely want to keep track for like two weeks. And you want to make sure that you look at it too and evaluate the sleep pattern. Because some people found, for instance, that tart jerry juice works wonders for them when they're sleeping. Others have found that eating salmon three times a week promotes better sleep. Here you have it again. We're all so very different. So start tracking. Just get a Google Docs out and start writing stuff down or in a, on a piece of paper or a notebook, whatever is your method of tracking stuff and write it down for two weeks, not just for a few days because you're going through a different meal um, approaches or meal thing, meal plans that you're eating or that you shift your fasting window a little bit or weekend rolls around. So we're affected by what we eat, how we fast, and we need to figure out how that relates to the foods we eat. One thing you, is for sure, you don't want to go to bed hungry or stuffed because if you've gone to bed hungry because you said, oh, I'm one of those New Year's diets, you, all, the only thing you can think about is what you eat next. If you're stuffed, the only thing you think about is, oh my God, somebody don't touch my stomach because it is so full. So avoid those two scenarios. But if you created an ideal fasting window for you, then you're in neither category because you don't go to bed hungry and you don't go to bed stuffed. So create your ideal fasting window and maintain a healthy diet during your non-fasting times. That means you're eating healthy, whole foods, rich in fiber and plenty of vegetables, lean proteins like chicken or fish, or if you're a vegetarian, you pick from your protein sources as a vegetarian and definitely healthy fats from nuts, seeds, and you know it was coming. Avocado. Limit processed foods, anything that's not in its natural state, and sugars. And ladies, I gotta say it, that includes wine. There's a lot of sugar in wine, and I know now we have 
wines out there that are organic, that have um, no pesticides and less sugar, it still is sugar. And if you really want to succeed with a lean out process, you want to lose body fat, you want to feel energized, you don't need that much of wine or any of the processed food. I don't say don't, but limit it. So I encourage you to build a solid foundation for your health and a fasted lifestyle will help you boost your energy throughout the day and it'll help you sleep so much better. Hey there, if what you've heard today resonates with you, don't keep the good vibes to yourself. Spread the word. Pass this episode on to anyone you know who could benefit from understanding how intermittent fasting can elevate their life. Are you ready for more? If this episode resonates with you, please email me at heikeatheikeyeats.com. Put episode six in the subject line and tell me why you're thankful that I published this episode. Plus, if you would like to sign up for one of my complimentary 60-minute one-on-one coaching sessions, please email me at heike at heikeyates.com and put coaching into the subject line. So excited that you joined me for this episode. I hope it helps to understand that you sleep better through intermittent fasting. And I'll see you in the next episode. Ciao.